0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: More important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight.
3: welcome into fun friday here on the jay barker show it's matt lars jay tony curry is due to join us here in a little bit of course we've got andrew and alex in the studio and then at 12 30 we're going to talk to uh major league baseball hall of famer wade bob so that ought to be a real treat but first let's welcome in our cast of characters jay fun friday make me laugh
4: how are you man I'm, i'm actually uh looking out at the ocean so uh what a gorgeous morning it is down here on the beach. But uh, I know Lars out in the Midwest, and, uh, man, it should be a fun Friday. Way Boss can't wait to have a chance to visit with him and uh, hear what's going on in his life. Uh, also, Alabama gets a big recruit, Miles McVay. We're going to talk about that. And also some of the NFL highlights from last night. Malik Willis going off for the Titans. So a lot to dive into today. Also, Bill Russell's number six all across the NBA retired. Um, we talked about that last week and how that that, that might happen and – uh, so really good things happening there, and also we'll get to some NIL here in just one second. Some of the new rankings of the NIL evaluations uh, from Own Three Media. But we're presented by Top Golf for Birmingham. Get the Top Golf today or throughout the weekend. you absolutely love it—the food, the fun, the drinks, coworkers, family, friends, whatever. You'll love Top Golf for Birmingham. Also driven, Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there. At Sunny King Ford. Lars, how are you out there in the Midwest?
5: Doing good, doing good. I've uh, been doing a few radio shows and obviously a lot of curiosity about Nick Saban, Alabama, but also I've mean, got a lot of questions about Brian Harson and Auburn and uh, will Harson survive the year and uh, what's going on with uh, being them being picked uh, at the bottom of the SEC West. Um, I think there's more sort of interest in Auburn around the country, then perhaps we would think, you know, when we're, when we're in the bubble. And, uh, I did see that TJ Finley and Zach Calzada, uh, basically are we're splitting reps yesterday at, at, at the, at first string. I still think it's going to be Calzada, but, um, that's, it's just been interesting to me again, the interest that people have in Auburn.
3: I've been kind of pulling for Robbie Ashford. I know he had a great spring, great spring game, But according to what we've read, like you were just talking about, Lars, he has dropped into uh, um, third, I guess it would be, if you've kind of got a tie for first right now. That's how they do it on the golf leaderboards anyway. So uh, that is the situation at Auburn. And quite honestly, we hadn't done a deep dive on the Auburn Tigers. They have been operating below radar. But Jay Barker, as you know, in the years and years and years you've been around, uh, since your days at Trustful, when Auburn goes under the radio, they usually go off.
4: They do, and uh, we, we've seen that for many years. When the years they're predicted not to end up so well, it's when they surprise everyone and have you know kind of that unbelievable season. But um, we'll see this year. Brian Harsin coming off a lot of uh, controversy uh, during the off season, uh, staying down in Mexico, I think it was he was at, and um, until all the the storm kind of passed with uh, the what uh, they the thought would eventually be a firing of him uh, or maybe run him out of town, but instead he was able to stick through the fire and able to survive. So. Big year for him. A lot of proving uh, that he wants to show as far as his coaching ability, getting these players motivated, getting everybody on the same page, and having a better year than they had last year. But Lars, uh, Coach Harson, right now, I mean, he's he's in a sense. If you look at all the hot seats and everything else, he's on it, and uh, you know, really fought for his his coaching career and his life last year.
5: Yeah, he. um you know, he he's right there with uh, my man Scott Frost at Nebraska. I think that's who the two coaches under the most pressure. And uh, I will give Harson this: like he clearly learned from his missteps last year, uh, at least publicly, right? Because he's he's been much more sort of outspoken, out little more outgoing uh, in press conferences, a little more engaging with the media. He's been engaging with the fans, and that he didn't do any of that <laughs> in year one, and um, and uh, clearly the culture there was was not good, uh, g- given the fact you had so many coaches uh, do a mass exodus, right, including his defensive coordinator for uh, probably a worse job, I think, at Oklahoma State. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see, and we'll see if uh, you know Auburn always has talent. They are lacking in the recruiting right now, as we talked about the other day. I think uh, I think Matt, it was you that noted Auburn is something like thirty fifth for the class of twenty twenty three, and uh, that's not going to get it done in the SEC. But um, you're you're right, Matt. As long as I've been living in in Alabama, um, it, it's the years where you think Auburn is just uh, actually going to you know go in the tank, or the years that they end up emerging and, and being a a real player when it comes to the national championship.
3: Well, and it all goes back to the same thing that uh, they've had issues, not really much at running back where she got tank coming back, which is a huge plus wide receiver room, not good last year. Supposed to be better this year. I'll have to see it. I think defense has remained somewhat a constant, but God, Jay, they Auburn has not had an Auburn like offensive line in, uh, what since Tuberville was there?
4: Yeah. Well, I don't, I, I mean, um, Gene Chizik, I mean, I, I think they, they did pretty well as far as the office line playing defense. Yeah, um, I, I still, yeah. And I, I, still believe that if he stayed on board and Gus Malzon was the office coordinator, that was kind of the perfect combination for Auburn. They had a, a defensive guy that was, um, you know, the head coach making some good decisions and now back in North Carolina, uh, and coaching there with Mac Brown, but, um, yeah, I think that's probably, you know, one of the last times you really saw just a dominant offensive line presence. Talking about offensive lines, Alabama got a huge pickup yesterday at Miles McVeigh, 6'6", 360-pounder out of East St. Louis High School, Lars. Offensive lineman, number 19, uh, tackle in the country, number 186 overall player. But this is now the fourth offensive line they've gotten in this class and a third tackle. Uh, that they've gotten Eric Wolford, the new coach up front. And you've heard the praise from him from so many, of the office alignments, uh, Amir, uh, uh, uh Roy, he talked, he, he talked about as far as just the fact that it's just a different room, um, and, uh, just how that they feel like that the motivation and the, the coaching and stuff, he, he didn't go as far as to say that, um, or, or try to put down the coaches from last year, but a lot of high praise for Eric Wolford and also Freddie Roach, a part of that recruiting of, uh, miles again, against six.
5: 360 pounds tackle. Yeah, that's just a a giant right there. Um, Seems like he's got the dimensions of DJ Fluker already. Um, And, uh, yeah, but uh, look, it's a position of need. Uh, You can never have enough good tackles. Uh, Unfortunately, some of the high-profile guys that Alabama has recruited the offensive line position just – for whatever reason, haven't developed and haven't become the players that, that they were projected to be or many thought would be. At least it hasn't happened yet. And so I think you, would, you may have a chance to, to play pretty early, uh, which uh, I think is, is, is definitely a role in, um, uh, in, in, in these four, four guys coming to Alabama. But, uh, yeah, a big get. And it's just uh, Nick Saban is just on an absolute recruiting role right now.
3: You know, we've gone from, oh, they're uh, running about 30th, which was, seems like that was only about three weeks ago, <clears throat> to, as Lars just said, to this tremendous tear that they've been on. They've gone from 30th to now where those words are coming back up again, this may be the greatest recruiting class ever. Of course, I, I, I guess that falls back in, on the opinion of one Jimbo Fisher, but we will soon see. Hey, guys, when we get back, uh, we've all seen this, and we are now, and Jay can explain it when we get back, uh, in, in some ways, with uh, Tide 100.9, affiliated with ON3. But they have this wonderful top 100 on NIL deals. And uh, I was expected to be impressed, blown away, uh, dumbfounded. Uh, but it's more than that. LeBron James' son is estimated for uh, a first year. And he hasn't committed anybody, right, guys? That's Six right. Point Four six point four million dollars uh you know, I went to the University of Alabama with some rich kids, but i don't know any of them that were knocking down life sustaining money, which uh six point four million is so and of course rice young and I, and, um, sure he
4: <laughs> I mean, he's already coming from a lot of money that's the thing about it too, I mean you know yeah, being the, that's the uh, son gets in uh, you know. Exactly. Exactly. But um, hey, some other breaking news, real quick. I want to get the first segment. Ajay Hall arrested last night, uh charge of criminal mischief, uh, per sources. So, man, gosh, you're talking about a player that had so much promise. And um, then we saw what happened to Alabama and then finally leaving, then going to another place, leaving there. And then uh, just has not worked out for Jai Hall. Hopefully he can get his life straightened up, but um, in a charge of criminal mischief.
3: Yeah, between, here's my notes one hundred and seven hundred and fifty dollars and i will have to get alex to look up exactly what criminal mischief is because it sounds to me like perhaps there was some uh thievery involved here if it's before, or maybe destruction of property i don't know we'll look that up and bring it to you on the other side of the break if you're listening to the jay barker show it's matt it's jay it's uh lars anderson in Bre- nebraska and we've got have not gotten a Cornhusker update, so we'll get that. On the other side of the break, Jay Barker Show.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham.
0: The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon, just a small chance of a shower. The high close to 90, clear and very pleasant tonight, below 65. The weekend will be dry, mostly sunny tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 88 and 91 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: Gabe Barker, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. Hopeful that uh, Tony Curry will drop by and uh, hopefully in about 10 minutes we'll also uh, make contact uh, Tampa, Florida and speak with Wade Boggs. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I guess it was Josh Smith, and, and y'all have, may have seen it before, but there's, uh, I found this incredibly intriguing. The On3 NIL Top 100. LeBron James' son, who hasn't committed, by the way, he's got it down to two, his estimated NIL value $6.4 million. Now, Jay, I'm going to ask you if, if it hurts you to look at number three as a former Alabama quarterback. No, it
4: doesn't hurt me, but, man, goodness gracious, awesome for him at three-point. $2 million, which we said last year, I think they um, estimated around 1. 1.5, 1. 1.6 million is what uh, Bryce made last year, and possibly we get between 3.5 and 4 million this year. Um, and, and again, a lot of that comes from some of the bigger sponsors that can use him. Now, after winning the Heisman Trophy, uh, he can be a part of the Nissan Heisman House commercials, things that you couldn't do before. So um, good for him and good for all the guys. I mean, you look down at number nine, you got Will Anderson as well, $1.6 million. He's been a guy that's really uh, talked about Lars. That he wanted to concentrate more on the field, worrying about getting to the NFL, getting that second contract. Not really worrying about NIL as much right now, but still gonna make over a million dollars. like this year, according to estimates.
5: Yeah, um, yeah. So this NIL, this on three NIL valuation, it, it's uh, it is pretty remarkable. It, it uses this, this complex algorithm. And the three primary categories uh, or data points are performance, influence, exposure, and so this what this is is it, it it value it evaluates and calculates the NIL opportunities for the athletes if they were optimized right if they got everything that they are absolutely worth if they got and, and so it's it, you know it's it's kind of a, some guesswork going on. But um, you know, just to see the the worth already of, of, of Bronny James at six point four, then Arch Manning two at three point four, Bryce Young three at three point two, uh, Mikey Williams apparently a basketball player uh, uh, if it worth two point seven, uh, CJ Stroud at two point five, and then Caleb Williams, you know, he had what three good games for. Uh, Oklahoma last year now his starting quarterback at USC he comes in at six at 2.4 and our boy Spencer Rattler (laughs) who Matt you and I both uh, projected to win the Heisman last year but he was just awful but now he's going to be starting at at uh, South Carolina and there's these were apparently worth two million I mean can you imagine Spencer Rattler getting two million dollars for as poorly as he played last year um, but the, I guess that goes to show you just how fired up the Gamecock fan base is right now and the job that our, our friend Shane Beamer is doing. Um, I mean, to think that Spencer Rattler would be worth more than Will Anderson is, is just stunning to me.
3: Uh, well, I, I think some of that comes with uh, what we might call history. Others might call baggage but he received a lot of publicity in his days at Oklahoma. In fact, he was a leading, like you were talking about, Lars, he was a leading candidate to win the Heisman at the beginning of last year. So I imagine he's been smart enough to really keep up with his social media. And I think and I'm not going too far out on a limb to think that the people that follow these athletes on the many different social media platforms, that's their true value, at least I hope so. Uh, maybe there's some huge car dealerships walking up plunking four and a half million dollars on these guys. I really don't know, but I would imagine Spencer Rattler's name in itself, Lars probably gives him um, a lot of the reason why people will follow him and then go eat at Bojangles.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a huge presence on, you're right on social on Instagram. He's got over almost 400,000 followers. He's got about 90,000 followers on Twitter um, whereas you look at Will Anderson, he only has 17,000 followers on, on Twitter. Um, just, you know, social media hasn't been important to him. Uh, then you have Quinn Ewers, you know, he already uh, the quarterback out of, out of Southlake, Carroll, Texas, who just transferred from Ohio State where he got a million dollars to sit on the bench in NIL money, and now he is going to uh, most likely be the starter this year. Uh, actually, he will be the starter at Texas, and he's worth $1.5 million. So if he gets that $1.5 million, that will mean Quinn Ewers in two years will have made over $2 million, million. That's That's pretty good work uh, if you can get it. Um, and then just some other names on the list. Uh, I think I don't know if we mentioned Jamar Gibbs, uh, the, the running back at Alabama. He's worth 985000 which is pretty interesting. Um, and then, um, yeah, you know, it's just sort of guys all, all around the country – um, a lot of, uh, Miami players, USC, Oregon, AM, Clemson, uh, Stetson Bennett. What do you think Stetson Bennett's worth, Matt?
3: I would hope half a million dollars. <laughs> 696. Uh, yeah. And Good for so, him. Uh, and see, he's the guy that you really want to see. And by the way, Kool-Aid is worth over half a million dollars. I have to ask you, Jay, you are such a swell guy is there not one little ounce of, of what if or why not it, it, when you look oh, at yeah, particularly in the top ten, I think four or five for quarterbacks? Oh, most definitely.
4: I mean it's uh it's unbelievable. Uh Jameer Gibbs, as uh, you talk about nine hundred and eighty five thousand dollars and he's up three hundred and sixty one thousand in his projections. Uh Bryce Young, you know, he moved up actually uh looking at those those first few, uh he went up a hundred and two thousand in his valuation and then Arch went down $33,000. Bronny's stayed the same as $6.4 Now, here's the thing about this, and what Own3 is doing for these players is really unbelievable, is that even if these guys – I mean, these are projections based on following, all that kind of stuff. But if you're an advertiser out there and you're looking at these guys, you're, you're going to look at the list. and go, okay, who are the top guys that they're saying are the top guys? Who are the guys making the money? Where are they getting it from? I mean, this is just publicity for them as well. I mean, Own3 – He's doing a great job of helping these players, I think, increase their value when it comes to NIO money.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, Clemson's quarterback, DJ Ugolale, um <laughs> comes in 59th. And he was, he was in the Heisman house last year, but this year he's still have a, he still has 542,000 evaluation, and that's up 128. And I think that's based on the practice reports coming out of Clemson that he is going to be the starter uh, and that he has made big improvements. But um yeah, the quarterback's definitely cleaned up uh very well. And um yeah, like you said, Kool-Aid comes in at sixty-fourth at five hundred and twenty six thousand. Um and uh it is you can you know you can just spend hours on on this database that they have uh, come up with and um gosh, Eli Ricks, he's worth four hundred and eighty one thousand. Uh <laughs> is Eli Ricks even gonna play? Uh, who knows? Uh, he comes in at 74
3: but three of alabamas three of alabamas transfers are, are in this list and they and yeah, they, they were taking a snap in crimson yeah three alabama football players in the top
4: 25 and seven of those inside the top 100 heading into the season and uh credit Josh Smith for that those uh those stats that he gave us
3: earlier uh yeah that's a good dive we may have to come back to that circle back to it hey you're listening to the Jay Barker show when we come back we are uh, hoping we're going to hook up with Wade Boggs, the uh, League Baseball Hall of
2: Famer.
4: Built by Siebels and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebles and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is eight 800- hundred. Four four eight nineteen sixty two. 1962. That's 800 1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in J Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's and Downtown Homewood are online at
8: Siebel'sCottage.com. letter O
3: hey welcome back to the Jay Barker show it's Matt Coulter along with Jay Barker and Lars Anderson and join right now at the bottom of the hour by Hall of Famer third baseman Wade Boggs. Wade, I'm Matt here in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm assuming you're somewhere in Florida, or I don't know. Maybe you're maybe you're fishing with Sammy Lee. How are
9: you, sir? <laughs> Good, mm. Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm in Tampa, Florida. Oh. Uh, yeah, I run into Sammy Lee every once in a while, and uh, we get together and wet a line.
3: Uh, yeah, I did y'all hunt together a little bit too. I've known Sammy for something like 40 years and he is a great outdoorsman kind of hung his hat, uh, on his, on the angling pros of that. But, uh, y'all get together and uh, tell us what else you're doing in, in the life of Wade Boggs down there in Tampa.
9: Well, mainly, uh, taxi service for my grandkids. That's the, uh, we got nine grandkids. So we take them to school and pick them up and all that good stuff. So it. uh, it, it sort of consumes a majority of your time. Wade Boggs,
4: our guest and uh, Hall of Fame baseball player. And, um, man, great to have you on. T- talk about you were affectionately known as Chicken Man and uh, the, the book Foul Tips, F-A or F-O-W-L. But um, kind of tell us about that and how that all came about. I thought that was always such an interesting story.
9: Well, in 1983, when uh, I was playing for the Red Sox, uh, one of my superstitions was to eat chicken every day, and, and Jim Rice, one of my teammates at the time, uh, labeled me Chicken Man. So uh, it, the, the, the label stuck because of the superstition, and, and <laughs> uh, it seems like every day that I would have chicken, uh, I would do well. So uh, I continued to use it throughout my career, and, and uh, if it's foul, it's fair for me.
5: wade you spend time with both uh boston and and, and the yankees Uh, i'm interested to know or just your your opinion on what the difference is i i lived in new york city for many years and actually was in there in 96 when you were with the yankees and went to many games at yankee stadium saw you play but what is the difference between a yankee fan and a red sox fan
9: well, at the time that I was with the Yankees, uh, or with the Red Sox, rather, uh, the Red Sox hadn't won since, uh, 1918. And at that time, the Yankees had probably won 22 World Series. And, and, uh, so the, the Red Sox were, were, were kind of fickle fans at the time, uh, because of the World Series drought. And it didn't really help too much in 86 when we lost to the Mets, but, um, since the uh resurgence of uh, Big Poppy and and the Red Sox have, have won uh three World Series, uh, I, I think the the Red Sox fans are, are back on track that uh, you know, they can they can walk around and hold their head up high as is uh hey, you know. I think they the Yankees have won one in, in the last uh twenty years and the Red Sox have uh three or four. So um so the Red Sox, Red Sox
3: are doing well. Wade Boggs is our guest here on the Jay Barker show. Your hitting statistics just absolutely jump off the charts. You have three twenty eight career average, five batting titles. I, I, I'm curious. You were known as just an unbelievable contact hitter. Um, what skill gave you the ability to always put the ball in play?
9: I, well, I think the, the the major part was. Uh, it was twofold. It was probably my eyesight number one, which was 2012, and and my eye hand coordination. Uh, you know, all those all those hours that we used to spend in the vacant lot playing wiffle ball and and various things like that. Um, nowadays, you go by a vacant lot and it's a vacant lot. Uh, kids are inside on the couch playing Nintendo and things like that. So I think my eye hand coordination uh, over the years uh, growing up had a uh, huge influence in it wait in your opinion what's been the biggest change in, in major league
4: baseball uh, do you like what you're seeing right now as far as the way the game is played
9: uh not really um sabermetrics uh, Metrics, uh they, they tried to bring a younger crowd into uh major league baseball with sabermetrics i think if you want to bring ma- uh, major league baseball into a younger crowd um have earlier start times um don't have a world series game start at nine o'clock at night. Uh, if you, if you want the six and seven year olds to grow up loving baseball, um, have a world series game when I was growing up, uh, when I was eight or nine world series games would be played at one o'clock in the afternoon. And you got to watch them at school and, and things like that. So I, I think that, that trying to throw out all of these numbers, like exit velocity and launch angles and things like that, um, when you have more strikeouts in a month, uh, than hits, uh, I, I think you're going in the wrong direction.
5: Wade, is there a, uh, hitter today that you particularly admire?
9: Well, I, I think Mike Trout, when he, when he's healthy, plays the game, uh, the old fashioned way. Uh, you know, he, he lets the, the, his play on the field dictate, uh, um, his love for the game and, and uh, you know, when uh, he's not really worried about when he hits a home run, taking a selfie of himself or something like that, or, or sliding into third and having a telephone or having a cell phone fall out of his back pocket. Um, He plays the game the right way. And and I admire him for that.
3: Our guest is Wade Boggs. Wade, growing up when you weren't playing wiffle ball and you got to watch that one game a week on NBC on Saturdays. Who did you uh, kind of follow? <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very um uh, who did you like to watch hit? And then in your era, who were uh some of the contemporaries that were on other teams that you really liked to watch?
9: Well I I, I grew up uh loving Pete Rose, uh, Reggie Jackson and, and and guys like that. And And, uh, I I grew up in, in Georgia for a while and, and listening to, uh, Braves radio, I had, uh, Hank Aaron and Rico Cardi and, and Felix Mian and all of these guys growing up. But, uh, when I made it to the big leagues in 82, uh, my generation had a lot of great hitters. I mean, you could, you could start at the list with Rod Carew and George Brett and, Eddie Murray and Paul Molitor and Robin Yount I mean, my gosh, the, the list just keeps going on and on about every team had two or three hall of famers on it. And, and, um, so if you were going to win a batting title, you better hit three fifty and above Wade, you brought up Pete Rose.
4: And I love asking uh, guys who played the game been a part of major league baseball, but what's your thoughts on him in the hall of fame? I know it's been a debate for many, many years
9: i'm I'm for it um i, I think uh his hit total forty two fifty eight or what have you uh is the telltale um put on the plaque that he gambled on baseball. um Don't let him back in, in and is a, a managerial standpoint um but the Hall of Fame is lacking his plaque and 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 don't put him in posthumously where uh he passes away and then oh let's put Pete rose in. Uh, if, if Cooperstown wants to have 250,000 people at it, uh, put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, and, and Cooperstown will be inundated with uh, a lot of people.
5: Wade, uh, back in 1996, uh, you know, I was in New York and I was able to watch you guys win the World Series, uh, Game Six, and I'm sure you recall this because it was one of the most sort of iconic moments of the celebration was when you jumped on the back of the NYPD horse and you toured the field with your index finger in the air. And then I believe it was you revealed later that you actually have a fear of horses. Can you just uh, take us back to that celebration?
9: Well, it's probably one of the smartest things I've ever done that I didn't realize what I had done. Uh, That picture (laughs) is pretty iconic. And and, uh, at the time when we were dogpiling uh, on the pitcher's mound, Uh, the fans didn't charge the field and which is rare in sports nowadays. And, and so we decided uh, as a, as a unit to uh, take a victory lap. And I've never gone back and looked at the video to see how I got on, on this mammoth horse. But um, next thing I know, I'm in left center field on the back of a police horse riding around and, and saluting the fans. And, and yeah, I was uh, I was bit by a horse when I was five years old in the back, and and uh, so I was kind of skittish of horses and and, and that fact. But um, yeah, it was October twenty sixth, nineteen ninety six is uh, a date that'll live in infamy in in my mind.
3: <laughs> wait, wait, box our guest here on the Jay Barker show. There are changes of plenty in Major League Baseball. Uh, when you go to extra innings, there's a guy on second automatically no outs. They're toying with the idea of uh, taking uh, the shift away by designing certain areas where you can stand. Uh, just take those two, and where does Wade Boggs stand on them?
9: Well, we had the the, the fortunate uh, time at, at Cooperstown this this past uh, July to the commissioner comes in uh, the night of the dinner for all the hall of famers and we get to ask him questions about uh the state of the game and and he lets he lets us in on on what's going on and and when you have 51 hall of famers in uh in a room and and he's at the podium uh we get to ask him sort of uh some 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 tough questions and and actually those were those were at the top of the list uh the ghost runner um I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a stupid rule anyway. It's, it's a Little League rule. And uh, he says, well, he said the, the players are in favor of it and the fans are in favor of it. And I said, well, there's another guy sitting across the room from me, Cal Ripken. Uh, we played in the longest game ever, 33 innings. So um, we're not big fans of, of the ghost runner rule. And now they want to interject a, uh, um, a pitch clock. Uh, speed the game up, and you know, make it under. Try to make it under two hours. Um, if they if they really want to speed the game up, uh, take the four and a half minutes between innings, uh, which adds up to about nine minutes of commercials uh, that you're going to have in a nine inning game. So there's there's almost an hour worth of commercials that's dead time in a baseball game and you have people standing around and and going to the concession stand and going to the bathroom but um, you know it it that's the that's the unique part of, of baseball that it doesn't have a time limit and the, the the flow of the game and and the course of the game is dictated by by how well you can sort of maneuver uh, guys around the bases and and play the game the old-fashioned way. Uh They don't bunt anymore. They don't steal anymore. So I, I think that that was one of the big reasons that that they brought the ghost runner in is because on-base percentage is, is basically nil. Uh They say average doesn't matter anymore, but last time I checked, I thought the one that scored the most runs was the one that won the game. So you have to get on to score, and... You just can't depend on exit velocity at 103 miles an hour, 104 miles an hour to win games. Uh, it just doesn't happen. But uh, um, you know, you can't break up a double play. You can't run into a catcher. Um, so you know, they're 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 tweaking the game. They're re, they're trying to reinvent the wheel. But uh, you know, the the game's always been spectacular and. And hopefully it's just a cycle that it's going, and it'll it'll get back to normalcy at some time.
3: Wade Boggs, I want to ask you just rapid fire a couple of questions, and then we'll let you go. Uh, was there right. a pitcher that 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 kind of owned you, and was there a pitcher that's a Hall of Famer that you owned?
9: Oh, there were there were a, uh, there were quite a few that owned me. Um, one of them's Randy Johnson. I did I didn't like facing him. He's you know he's tall and ugly and and i'm just kidding randy you're you're gorgeous um, <laughs> I always hear that uh, no he was he wasn't a lot of fun to face um, but um there there are a few hall of famers that uh had success off of uh, uh bill negro actually john smoltz i i think i was like three three forty or something off of john smoltz but um wow. he was he was always tough he was always tough And uh but uh yeah there there were there were guys that that gave me some headaches
3: if you had not gone on to uh have a major league hall of fame career what do you think you'd have done
9: uh probably quarterbacked in the nfl that was that was my other passion i I was uh i was a, a quarterback in high school and and got a got an offer from the University of Pittsburgh to to go uh hand off to Tony Dorset. And, and I always wanted to grow up to be Joe Namath. So that was that was one of my one of my idols when I was growing up and and so that would have probably been the other avenue that I would have pursued.
3: Wade, you have been very generous with your time. Um my thanks to Sammy Lee uh, for helping and assisting in getting Wade Boggs on. And I know you get to the Birmingham area occasionally. So next time, uh, dinner's on us. Okay. Good deal. Appreciate it, guys. You guys have a great All day. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You too. All right. Thank you, Wade. Uh, Hall of Famer Wade Boggs, uh, on the show with us today. And I'll tell you guys real quick how this happened. Jay, do you remember Sammy Lee when you were, you were in Tuscaloosa? Yes. Long time uh, pro angler. Uh, really good guy. I, I met him, I think, in like 80, 40-something years ago. And uh, we clowned around together, and I actually did some stories on him when he was you know, fishing professionally. But um, he and my wife got to be good friends, and so I reconnected with Sammy. And I was uh, driving to North Alabama, and I talked to him on the phone for about 30 minutes. At the very end, he said, yeah, uh, Wade Boggs and I are a good friend. I went, yeah, right. He said, all right, I'll show you. I said, "We'll get him on our show. Boom. Mic drop. Wade Boggs was on the show.
4: Great stuff.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky
0: partially sunny this afternoon, just a small chance of a shower. The high close to 90, clear and very pleasant tonight below 65. The weekend will be dry, mostly sunny tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 88 and 91 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: The Jay Parker show with Matt and Gang. Uh, Jay brought it up a minute ago. Jay Hall. He had he had problems at Alabama, uh, actually on and off the field, dropped balls to being suspended indefinitely by Nick Saban. Finally ends up at Texas, Well, now criminal mischief is the charge. And as I best read that, it uh, it's like vandalism. Is that, is that what you guys know?
5: You know, it varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, as far as I can tell. But it it, it usually connotes vandalism vandalism of some sort. Yeah,
4: crazy man. I'm telling you, uh, that kid had so much so much talent, and you know, he came in and his first spring had a great spring and actually had a really great spring game. Everybody thought he was going to be you know kind of one of the next big talents, at Alabama wide receiver, and just has not being able to get things straight um, and uh, the things, you know, a lot of people were wondering why he wasn't, um, you know, playing more at Alabama there for a while until things began to come out. I mean, a lot of it was missing class, us being late to meetings, being late to workouts, um, being late to class. I mean, it was more kind of the off the field stuff. It wasn't so much that he wasn't a great great player and a great athlete, but just couldn't get all the other stuff right. And that's that's, big, that's really important, Coach hey, Saban. I mean, if you're going to play unless it gets to a situation where you have injuries – you you got to produce off the field. You got to be, be able to get to class. You got to be able to work out. You got to make meetings. Not fall asleep in meetings. That type of stuff that he really struggled with, and really sad to see that. Another one is Mar- Marshawn Lynch. Uh, you guys probably saw his DUI, and uh, man, the video of that of him with uh, no left front tire. That was crazy. Yeah. How did and, he get uh, it into
3: a
0: parking place? <laughs>
5: Going going back to Jai Hall, I, I mentioned this that I, was, I I was watching the national championship game. Key play of the game really is uh it's like late in the third quarter, midway through the third quarter. Alabama's up nine to six, third and eleven at the Georgia thirty, and Bryce Young just floats this beautiful about about a twenty two yard pass, and Bryce Young just gets lit up. But he, uh, the pass hits a Jai Hall right in the hands. I mean, just right in the breadbasket, and he drops it. So if he catches that ball, it's first and goal, and Alabama's looking at perhaps taking a 16-6 lead. Instead, what happens? Well, uh, Reichert's 48-yard field goal was blocked, changes the whole game. Georgia goes down, scores a touchdown, takes the lead. I mean, everything flipped on that one play to me, Jay. And and coaches talk about all the time how games are – they do come down to one, two, or three plays. And and to me, that was the key moment of, uh, unfortunately, of, of the national championship game. Yeah, they really do. I mean, Coach Stallings
4: just don't to us four or five plays to make the difference. And, you know, you never want to say that one player or one play is – is that important, but it is. I mean, it, it's from the um, the momentum that you have, what, the momentum you can capture and sustain at that point in time. It, it's not only, it's psychological, it's emotional. It's, uh, you know, it pulls the team in one direction or the other. And then you get a block kick after that. That was that was a huge time there in the National Championship game.
3: I still look back on that game every once in a while and I'll watch some of it but come, because it comes up on the SEC network. But I'll, I'll look, and this is not something you can say about Alabama under Saban, is it? Alabama was out, man. Uh, Georgia had better had better players, in my opinion. And uh, without Mechie and Williamson, they were still within an eyelash of winning a national championship, which I think speaks volumes about the one and only DOAT, Nick Saban. Second hour's coming up.
1: that would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tide.
2: Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show.
3: All right, final hour of fun Friday. It's been a great week. Matt Coulter's in the wonderful palatial studios of AVX here in downtown Homewood, uh, along with Andrew Barker and Alex Bauman. Triple A's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Looking forward to that. Uh, It is the final intern day for Alex Bauman. So uh, I didn't get you a cake or anything, Alex. Uh, Sorry about that. You're going to be okay with going cakeless today. I'll be okay. You me go get you a big cookie or something. <laughs> you know, mo- most of the times, um, you go grab a cold beer, but I can't even do the- that with you because you- your mother would kill me and you're not 20. You are 20. So anyway, uh, it's been a great ride. We appreciate you coming in. Uh, on the other side, uh, Jay Barker, um, Nick Saban continues to pour it on like syrup in recruiting. Well,
4: he does. And, uh, Alex, I'll say the same thing, man. It's been great having you. And, uh, Congratulations on everything that you've done so far, and I know you're going to have a great career ahead of you. So, uh, man, good luck, and thank you for being with us and being a part of our show and adding so much to it each and every day. Yeah, Miles McVeigh uh, out of East St. Louis High School, office alignment number 19, uh, tackle in the country, number 186 overall, according to 24-7 rankings, uh, 6'6", 360 pounds, uh, fourth office alignment for the class now of 2023, the third tackle that they've gotten. So, congratulate Coach Eric Wolf- Wolford, doing a great job um, as the office of line coach and recruiting Freddie Roach, a part of that recruiting process as well, adding another one to the guys that he's brought in and what an outstanding class they're building for 2023. With this, according to most rankings, that moves them ahead of Notre Dame, who was sitting there in Notre Dame and Georgia and uh, also Texas A&M, uh, but Alabama looks to be, uh, you know, continuing to add to that recruiting class of 2023. Hey, remind you, we're presented by top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Golf today. You'll absolutely... Love it. We call it the bowling of this generation. Whether it's with coworkers, family, or friends, great time at Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford.
5: You guys, you remember back in uh, 2017 and 2018? There was a quarterback at Auburn. Uh, he wasn't quite good enough to start, so he transferred. That was uh, Malik Willis. He had uh, Auburn. He completed 11 of 14 for 69 yards and rushed for 309 yards. But for whatever reason, uh, the coaching staff, Gus Malzahn, just didn't ever give him the, the keys to the program. So he transfers the Liberty and just absolutely tears it up. Um, in 2020, he won the Dudley Award, given him the best college football player in the state of Virginia. And um, he just, uh, it was named MVP of the 2020 Cure Bowl and the MVP of the 2021 Lending Tree Bowl. And he was projected by many to be a first-round draft pick, Um, even though he's coming. There's a big leap from Liberty to the NFL. Um, You know, he's a 6'1", 219, and is very mobile. I mean, like Michael Vick type of mobile and and thick and, and just really good running the ball. So last night, he got his chance to start for the uh, Titans. In the Titans' uh, first preseason game, they wanted to rest uh, Ryan Tannehill, the starter. And, um, you know, they got Malik Willis in the third round. And at the time, myself and I think a lot of people who follow the draft closely were like, this is going to be the absolute steal of the draft because Malik Willis is going to one day be the starter. For this team, I think he he could be the the long term answer for the the titans and, and that and last night, yes, it was just a preseason game. Yes, it was just against backups, but he was spectacular, just spectacular. He had a seven yard touchdown run where he dropped back past the 15 yard line, spun away from the defense to his left, got to the corner, then cut back inside to get in the end zone. It was an amazing display of uh, athleticism. On another play, he showed off just immense arm strength and he drilled a 48 yarder to Racy McMath in the second quarter. And then he had another sort of sidearm throw that reminds it of Patrick Mahomes. And so he played the entire first half. He completed six of 11 for 107 yards and rushed for 21 more. And yeah, I mean, he has to work on his consistency. Uh, He was indecisive at times, and it was not as accurate as you would hope on every throw. But this got me thinking, you know, I think I would rather have Malik Willis than Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance is the quarterback that the 49ers, what, they gave up three first-round picks to move up to the number two spot in last year's draft. The kid played at North Dakota State, so about the same level of competition as Liberty and um and and but Trey Lance only played you know they they only played one game in the COVID year and he only played one season before that so his body of work is is so small and he has really been wildly inaccurate in training camp he has not had a good camp Uh, that's from all reports coming out of the of the 49ers camp but uh, Matt, I'll just go to you. Uh, Malik Willis, again, a, a really big statement he, that he made last night. And I know Titans fans are, are very excited about, about um, his potential. Granted, long ways to go, but a really good first night.
3: Uh, two quick things from my viewpoint. And uh, one person that doesn't really agree with us here is Mike Vrabel. Um, he pulled him, according to the report I'm reading right now, in the second half because he wasn't throwing the ball. Um, he was relying on his legs too much. I, that's the inference here. Um, and he want, want to see his guy throw the football. So, uh, and, and when he did, as Lars mentioned just a minute ago, a couple of times he was pretty inaccurate. But all in all, uh, there's no question in my mind, this is the quarterback of the Titans' future. Uh, man, is he exciting to watch. Um, I, I guess in looking at, at some of the highlights, I'm not sure I knew he was that thick. I mean, this guy's running back. Uh, he's got a running back's body. Uh, we knew long time ago the strength of this young man's arm is just incredible. And the other thing that I remember, Jay, I'll roll it back over to you, is about him off the field and that fabulous video of him outside Indianapolis at Pro Day, and he's opening his suitcase and giving out the swag that he gets as an incoming player, you know, the NFL combine. And he's just giving it to a homeless person. This guy is an athlete, an arm, and as a person, I like him. I wish he was a packer. Very impressed.
4: Very impressed by by that move by him in Indianapolis. Um, You know, I had a chance to watch him live against UAB last year. And watching him, and, and I talked to um, you know, a number of scouts that were at the game at that time. Phil Savage was one of those for the uh, the Jets, and he said, "You know, look, a lot of guys think that he may be rejected first round." And he goes, "I, you know, you could look at him as an athlete. You go, yeah." He said, "He probably end up being a second or third round pick just based on the fact that you know he still got a lot to learn as far as the passing game." But he even talked about at that time, Matt. He said, "You know, he's built more like a running back. He's built uh, more like a guy that you know a lot of people thought." Will they move him to that position um, if he can't succeed a quarterback in the NFL because of all the talent he's got? The only thing, I, I, you know, Vrabels, I know trying to make a statement last night, I mean, it was, what, second and four. Uh, the guy scrambles for about 20 yards, goes out of bounds, gets the first down, and he's having an outstanding game. As long as brought up six of 11, 107 yards, the rushing touchdown. Um, <laughs> to me, just knowing the psyche of a quarterback, I, I know you want to send a message at that point in time, but, man, the guy's moving the ball. The key is to get first downs. No matter how you get them, uh, yeah, you want him to stand in the pocket, make the throw they talked about that as far as something they want to work on from what he did in college to make him better. so Brabel's made a big decision there um you know I, I, as a quarterback, I would not have done that to him. I'd let him play it out. I would talk to him on about it in the film room, but I'd let him finish that drive because he still got the first down. it's uh it's, you know never confuse activities with accomplishments results for what count that's what cost always used to preach and said, look, you just got to get the results. He got the first down, moving the ball down the field and and gets yanked uh, by Vrabel at that time. So uh, outstanding player, love his character off the field as he's shown so far, and uh, we'll see what happens. But he's got a lot of potential.
5: Don't you think, Jay, that even Lamar Jackson, I think this is the case with him, You eventually to win in the NFL over the long term as a quarterback, you have to make throws from the pocket. Right? I mean, isn't that just, I I don't know how you can win without being able to consistently do that. When you have the time, you've got to hit the throw by 95% of the time. Don't you agree with that?
4: I I do, but I also think that you gotta let a guy play with his natural instincts and and grow that into him, let him mature into that type of quarterback. Um, He's got unbelievable instincts when it comes to running the ball. And you know, if he's able to make the first down, get it. But you're right. I mean, and and Vrabel is right as far as what he's thinking. Uh, I just don't know if that move last night was a great move for the psyche of his quarterback. Maybe it was. Maybe maybe they had talked about it and said, "Hey, you know, when you get back out there, stay in the pocket, make the throws. If not, we're going to pull you." Um, if that was told to him, then you know maybe that's it's, maybe that's the right move as a quarterback. I'm just saying, I would not have made that move and pulled him out of the game. I thought he was playing an outstanding game at that time.
3: He was. Um, I Grable didn't say say this, so I'm reading a lot into it. But I, I think when you're in a situation like that with an exhibition preseason game and you've got second and third teamers over there on the other side of the football trying to make a name for themselves, Um, I I think there's more of an opportunity for an injury there by somebody just really trying to take the guy's head off. That that could happen. So maybe Vrabel made it to make a point but also made that decision. I can't get this guy hurt. Anyway. Hey, TK is in the house. Hurry on Fun Friday. That's coming up next. I know you don't want to go anywhere.
2: This is the Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports
0: talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon, just a small chance of a shower. The high close to 90, clear and very pleasant tonight, below 65. The weekend will be dry, mostly sunny tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 88 and 91 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
10: You don't need me today, man. Uh, I was uh, recording some shows at the TKR studios, and I looked down at my phone, I had 178 text messages. I didn't know if you guys were doing a text messaging show today, or uh, someone was on remote, and then I realized that you had Wade Boggs on, you had all this different stuff, so I was like, I don't even know why I'm here. You don't need me here. But I was right You know who got
3: Wade on for us? Directly or indirect? Who's that? Karen. Who? Karen. Karen got Wade Boggs on? Well, she knows the guy that Sammy Lee, and she turned, and I talked to Sammy Lee, and Dude, but you I, need to call Sammy Lee, So that and that was really, really good stuff. But anyway.
10: And I, I, I didn't hear the interview because I was en route here, but did you ask him about the Field of Dreams game last night? Johnny Bench, I didn't. Johnny Bench was on on the, the game last night, and, of course, Johnny Bench used to call our show when we were doing uh, our, uh, the opening drive, and I love me some Johnny Bench now. Best, best catcher of all time, I don't, Mike Piazza, whoever, uh, Yogi Bear, whatever, Johnny Bench was the man, and he's still selling ble- blue e- emu. And it, he moves. Yes, oh. I, I, I love him. I love him. I was re- my Reds lost last night, four 42, two, but still, uh, it was it was a joy to see him on. So then you guys got Wade Boggs on. I was like doing everything to get here in time to, to ask him a question, but I but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. We didn't have any trouble coming up with questions. I'll, I'll bet, man. He's a he's a Hall of Famer. He's he's clay Yeah,
3: awesome. I've never talked to him personally, but uh, he's a Hall of Fame guy too. So. I was going through some boxes last night and
10: found uh, two boxes of baseball cards. Uh, that, that I had never seen before. I, I don't know where they came from. I don't know. And it was about 1,000 cards. And I felt like I was 12 again. I sat at the kitchen table. I thought I'm going to go look through some, some of these cards, see if I... dude, it was like, I mean, I was like a little boy, like 12 years old going through baseball cards last night. I mean, I went through it for three hours last night at the kitchen table. It was awesome. One of the best nights what I've had ever What uh, years? 74 through 87. <laughs> Tops. And I was like, I found me a Nolan Ryan uh, rookie card worth about forty nine hundred and fifty bucks. I'm being told, uh, was, but it was it was awesome. Nolan
3: Ryan rookie card would have been like sixty eight or sixty nine. This is it, starting to sound strangely like the ones I lost in my divorce.
10: Mine too. <laughs> well, you know, like I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do with these things. If you, you got a Cincinnati Reds Mike Lum card, I mean, I don't know Mike what, Lum. I don't know what to do with it. I'm like the
3: only player from Hawaii in the history of the game. I know, not, it. not really. Only guy that pinch hit four.
10: Pete Rose, was it? No. Henry Aaron. Um, Henry. Oh, Henry Aaron. Can you believe that? Yeah, that was great, man. And I also uh, found a uh, player manager card from Peter Edward Rose, who's been in the news lately. And uh, I was thinking to myself, will we ever see that again? Will we ever see a player manager in Major League Baseball or any sport? Ever.
3: They just retired number six. Yeah, they did. In the NBA. Mm. And uh, he was player manager. Yeah, he was. It just doesn't happen again. But that's. it's. Jay, really- did you lose cards, too? Yeah,
4: well, I, I've got them. I just can't find them right now. They're, they're somewhere in storage, but I've, I've got some really, really great cards. If I could find them, then uh, I, I'd love to see what the, what they're worth. Um, I, I've got no it's one time to look at as as again, well. Jay Bird, Man, I'm telling yeah, you, we're in our fifties yeah. now.
10: Those things are forty yeah. years old, and I'm telling. And, and I mean, you got Wayne Gretzky cards going for a million dollars I'm Like Wayne Gretzky, it's like he just retired a year ago. Or something. By, he
3: was in our lifetime. I think that's I, what I makes know. it really, really mm-hmm. interesting. Which tells us we're getting kind of old. Uh, I've got. Uh, yeah, I've got people.
4: Rose is a rookie. I've got Nolan's rookie. I've got um, wow. a ton of Mickey Mantles from the fifties. I got Willie Mays. Um, gosh, Rod Carew. Um, God, uh, just get me out. Uh, Sandy Koufax. Um, tons of the. I, I got. You know, you're talking about twenty
3: thousand dollars right now. Mm-hmm. I know,
4: probably. I got. I, I got to find. Maybe a, a chore for Andrew. Say, hey, go to the storage and find these things.
10: I was uh, I was having some tough times in my radio career. This is probably about 15 years ago, and I was in the process of I had two houses. and I didn't know what I was doing with my money. And Davis Hawkins, you remember Davis Hawkins? Of course, it he offered me 750 bucks for my baseball card collection and my hot tub. And I no, you didn't. I did. And man, I had a great night of Jitterbugs that night <clears throat> for 750 <laughs> bucks. Yeah, I but but gave I gave why my did hot, you have tub, any hot, hot tub. The hot tub was just, uh, uh, the, uh <laughs> when people finally oh, out you have a hot tub, tub, it brings a different element to the house. <laughs> and I was like, and I had people in my hot tub, like around the clock and I didn't know who they were. And I was like, you know, it's time to get rid of this thing. It was, it was strange. That's when I lived next to, uh, the guy who, uh, used to hang out with Sam Elliott. And so I was kind of like, you know, probably need to probably need to get rid of this hot tub. So I got rid of the hot tub and, and he went through my baseball cards and he, he left me a few of them, but he took the majority of them to finish his sets. He said he wanted he uh. to finish his sets. This is a 42-year-old man who was collecting baseball cards. So I should tell you what, what he was up to. Wow.
3: Well, and think, he still I played, think Davis he, has the first. He has not the first dollar he ever,
10: ever earned, but at least a change from it. He may have lost a couple of those first dollars in some marriages he had.
3: Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> golly. Wow, have we. <laughs> Tony Curry enters the studio. <laughs> we we immediately take a U-turn. <laughs> hey, Lars, are you there? Could you please jump in here and try and save this show?
5: <laughs> well i i have a question for tony and it, it's it's a bit of a downer uh i know it's it's supposed to be it's happy friday but there's some there's some sad news coming out of hollywood and that is uh ann hache is about ready to be taken off uh life support uh after the uh accident that she was in horrific car accident um and uh you know there's i think there's still uh, some questions ar- around uh around the the accident but um do you have a favorite Anne Heche uh film or uh, do you have a, any I don't want to talk about her in past tense just quite yet but but what do you think her legacy is is going to be Tony
10: no you know what I I, I uh, we talked about her this morning and I got a phone call from Fox 6 that asked me to come up and talk about her on on uh, <clears throat> good day extra this morning and I I, I couldn't do it because it was too late but yeah, fifty three years of age, and obviously she had a relationship there with with Ellen DeGeneres, who, whom she was always a star before she met Ellen. But that certainly uh, raised her her level of, of uh, legacy, if you will. And at fifty three, and I know they found uh, cocaine in her system, and they also found fentanyl. But they're believing that the fentanyl was actually administered at the at the hospital uh, to, to help her with pain after she was admitted. But she actually had a wreck. And then people were trying to get her out of the car, and then she, she drove off, and that's when she had the second wreck where, where the uh, car was emblazoned. It's just super sad. I mean, it, it really is sad. Um, I hadn't heard anything. I know she's got a Lifetime movie, which is going to be uh, released in November, and they're, they're sticking by their guns. Lifetime uh, released something yesterday and said, we will play the movie. So she uh, more likely will posthumously be uh, starring in that, in that flick. Um but yeah, just I mean, really unfortunate, really sad. We don't think that people in their fifties have issues, and we think they've learned their lesson. And and uh, obviously, if she had those things in her system, it's just really unfortunate. But you know, I don't. I, I hadn't read a whole lot about her. hadn't seen her a lot. She's not in a lot of things, and so um, uh, that's that's about all I got on her. But
4: she got her start on Another World, right, soap opera. I,
10: I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, all I know about her is it wasn't she Ellen
10: DeGeneres's. Significant other she for was a for a period of time, yes. Mm-hmm. She sure was, um, but um, yeah, it's just I, I don't know if she's has, has said anything about Anne H. Uh, and I know they were kind of estranged. I don't think they really kept in touch much uh, over the years. We, we've been talking about uh, the, the Pete and Kim breakup this week a lot on our show, which has been a lot of fun. How many tattoos have her does Anne
3: uh Who is at The Saturday Night Live weirdo? Yeah,
10: but He's they've been date for nine months. Uh, he had just had her uh, initials branded. On his uh, armpit, not 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 tattooed, but branded <laughs> on. He also had uh, several uh, tattoos of her kids' names uh, that he had just put in emblazoned on his body, and you could tell that he was all about hunkering down and marrying this woman, and and and. People are giving her a hard time because they're saying that, that perhaps she was using him in lieu of her brand-new Hulu uh, contract, trying to raise ratings there, and that she was just trying to uh, make uh, Kanye jealous. And, of course, he is now uh, a Pete in, in in relationship trauma therapy because of some of the things that, that Kanye, including the New York Post uh, part where he he posted Pete is dead. Um, so he's, he's kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, but I was like, you know, this doesn't matter whether you're Pete Davidson or Kim Kardashian – that age difference between 41 and 28 is what every 28-year-old is looking for and what every 41-year-old likes to have to play with but not end up marrying because she's got four kids and he's a comedian. And we know comedians are a little immature. And at the age of 28, guys don't mature till they're about 50.
3: It uh, not necessarily it was really true. true. I
10: mean, I'm 64. Yeah. I'm I don't have much are your still like on bottle. You want to go look at some baseball cards after the show? Absolutely. <laughs> too late. Do you have any fizzies? You
3: remember fizzies? Yeah. Oh, I right. Some Zots. <laughs> <laughs> remember so having a Pez? Did they? they still, they're gone now. We still got Pez. Yeah. You can you can order them. Yeah. But I get, don't see
10: them in the store. I deal those in the bars. Saturday nights downtown. Say so what? Huh? <laughs> ah. Okay. Think it's Curry's good here. He's got the PES and Spencer. Come on, dude. Five bucks a pop. Come on, let's go. Uh, straight PES, man. Yeah. No problem. Uh,
3: <laughs> man, we have traveled down a road here in about 12 minutes.
10: Um, hey,
3: coming up, guys, uh, let's go ahead and roll here, and uh, we'll bring in uh, the final time, actually, our UAB broadcast student slash intern, as uh, Alex Bauman will bring us his final. I'm so Alex's. out.
10: He's a good kid. He's come into he's his a own a lot. I mean, kid. I only see him once a week, but he's really kind. Of, and he brings a lot to the show. He yes. prepares. I love that.
3: You know, um, Ted Feely is the sports information director at UAB. And earlier this week, he allowed uh, Alex to go down and observe practice and all that. Uh, about halfway through practice, I get a text from Ted. I don't even know if I told you this. And he said, great kid. Oh, that's what your nickname will be for the next 30 minutes. Great kid. <laughs>
4: 6-9 and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to SiebelsCottage.com and order anything you want and type in J. Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on the J. Barker Show. Siebels in downtown Homewood or online at SiebelsCottage.com.
8: letter O
3: I have no diploma just my undying thanks and faith Alex Bauman is going to leave his internship program here at the Jay Barker Show and have
10: more success than all four of us combined. Were you were you ever an intern? No. See, people in your working. people in your generation in radio did not intern. I, I had intern, and I, I have to. I was telling telling him, I was so scared being an intern. I because I, I just felt so out of my element. And I felt like I needed to interject things, and they would throw microphones at me, and I I had nothing to say. And uh, thank goodness that changed. But but I, uh, it's kudos to him to, because when you come in here and this is what you want to do for a living or some aspect of it, it it, it is pretty scary. Radio people are scary people. Um, they <laughs> and are, there's a lot of talk, We have too.
3: thrown everything at Alex, and he has he's, he's bulletproof. He's great. But even the first day he came in here, I, I didn't sense any. Were you a little anxious? I was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he's smiling. Are a lot you more. now he's more comfortable? Are you now? You okay with this? I'm good. You still, after three months, want to do this for a living? Yes, sir. Right, And the key word there, Tony can back me up on that, is a living. Because you're going to earn minimum wage and live in somebody's
10: basement for the first couple of years. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe not you. I will give you an offer right now. Any show you want to do on, on TKR. I'm being serious. If you come up with a show idea... And you want to do, it, uh-huh. and we're 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 averaging over a hundred thousand listeners a week. We have thirteen different shows, but I've got time for you. If you ever want to do a show with a buddy of yours, or you have some idea you want to do, I will give you a thirty minute program wherever you want on, on TKR. All right, All yeah. right. It's cool. out there.
3: All right, tell everybody where you're offer. headed from here. And I know yep. you're going from Major League to Double uh, A, but you are going to uh, receive another internship program from some. What's the name of this little show? Rick and Bubba.
10: Where are they where are they out of?
3: They, they they're in Tulsa, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Tulsa. Wow! Congratulations, that's awesome, brother. Hi. Right.
10: Yeah, it sure is. Um, give me the new Speedy. <laughs> you could be out down there protecting field on Saturdays, uh, <laughs> getting people to catch T-shirts and ask answer uh, trivia questions. Look at what uh, he ended up carving himself out for. Former Mississippi State
3: baseball player slid into a fence, wrecked his leg. Okay, uh, with that being said, thank you for your time. Uh, let's lead it off with number one from Alex. Alex's awesome. antidotes. he Kentucky's men basketball
11: head coach, John Kyle Perry, spoke with the atlet- athletics Kyle Tucker about how he had to stop a workout because the roof to the Joe Craft Center was leaking. He said, this is a basketball school. It's always been that. And then Kentucky football head coach, Mark Stoops, was a quick to respond on Twitter with a basketball school. I thought we competed in the SEC. Hashtag four straight postseason wins. Mm.
7: Good news,
3: wow. Yeah. There was a yeah. leak in their practice facility? I think that may stun me more than anything.
10: Well, there's been a leak in a lot of places in Kentucky over the last uh, couple of weeks, Well, too. you remember the
3: FedEx package yeah. about, what, 20, 25 years ago?
10: Uh-huh. There was evidently a, a tear or a leak in that package. It led to probation. Will Kentucky ever be a football school? Ever.
3: I think they're picked. Oh, I mean... Higher than the. Uh, as long as we're alive, it'll basketball. always be a basketball well, school. That's the other thing. Calipari said he told the truth. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky could win a national championship in football. They still could, be a basketball. You can
10: make an argument that Louisville is now a football school. And I, I could not have said that 10, 15 yeah. years ago. Not that's certainly true. during the Denny Crum years. You could, you, and you rarely see anything ever change from one over to the other. UAB. Is quickly becoming a football school. Yeah, but Andy's going to have them top of the charts here, too, I think. They're going to be a top 25 team this year. I mean, the Uh, the thing
3: is, Mark Stoops
5: Stoops makes a good point. You know, the football program, they won the Citrus Bowl in 18, the Belt Bowl in 19, the Gator Bowl in 20, and Gator Bowl again last year. And what what has the basketball program done? They haven't won a postseason game since 2019. And last year, they got bounced by St. Peter's in the first round. Um, and I got Saint a huge Peter... argument
10: with a Kentucky fan uh, last year after after postseason. I said, it's time to, to let Calipari go. He, he, the, Kentucky should be, like Alabama, should be a Final Four team almost every year. I know that's difficult to do in basketball, but he should certainly be going to Sweet 16s and Elite 8s every year based on the talent he has coming through that school. You, you can one the St. Peter's him. in the first round. Yeah, the yep. one and
4: done killed him. Yep. I mean, they just did not build the yep. program. It went down after that. When he took on that philosophy – and a lot of the uh, fans at that time thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. We can get all these one-and-done one guys. And then they began to realize, wait, who was the guy who was there last year? Like, they can't remember who was on the team, you know? So that, I think that really hurt his program.
3: Number two.
11: The MLB's Field of Dreams game won't return in 2023. According to Frank Thomas, the reason behind this is the construction on site.
3: Frank Thomas, the former Auburn player, or Frank Thomas, some dignitary? A uh, former Auburn player. Really?
11: He's a part yeah. owner of where the yeah. complex is.
3: Oh, plus he does a lot of one-year stuff, right? He does a good job, too.
10: Mm, is that it? And she'll, Jay, like, and she'll like it, too. Yeah, you on... New That's Gen- right. Tony? Tony, uh, you need to be. Huh? What are you talking about? No, I was good until I saw Doug Flutie on those commercials, and I was out. I'm, I'm all out. The big <laughs> hurt and Doug Flutie needs to get a haircut. And when I saw Doug Flutie on there, I'm like, Doug does not look right. There's something wrong with Doug. I, I don't know his what. His head doesn't fit his body. It's been that something- way since he was at Boston freak. College. I know. That's I can't right. Tell if he's a good-looking older man or just a freak.
3: Why do you care?
10: Well, if I'm going to get this some medicine, I want to make sure my head doesn't get bigger too. <laughs> she- she's going to like it too.
3: <laughs> oh come on.
10: Well, do you hey, guys need the hall? To this
3: anytime you want. Did you see
10: that?
5: Did you see the Hall of Fame or the uh, Field of Dreams game? And did you see the creepy hologram of Harry Carey oh, yeah. saying, "Take me out to the ball game"? Uh, that that that, that uh, was a little. I was a little disturbing.
4: I thought Ken Griffey Jr. had seen it. I did that. Was see, awesome. uh, Play catch. Yeah. yeah, that was
3: cool. Yeah, the Griffey's. Hey, Dad, want to have a catch? Did you start crying?
10: No. In the movie, you didn't. No, I think they overdid the drama. I, I mean, I've seen the movie a million times. It is one movie that I've seen, and I, I love the movie. But it's not even played at the original field. No. They built that ballpark, and I'm kind of like, if you're going to do it, do it right. I mean, we may have 17,000 home runs, but play it in, a, in the real – I want to see it played in the real field with the real dirt and the real grass.
3: And where you'd have to literally chase like, the ball like some, into the corner. Yeah,
10: like some dandelions in yeah. left field. I would love that. Instead, they just build a major league baseball park down the street. Number, it's not the same thing. Number three. Three. Three.
11: A woman at Garden City Beach in South Carolina was killed after she was impaled in the chest by a beach umbrella that had been blown away by the
3: wind. Oh, evidently, that's dangerous, man. It was such an impact on her (coughs) chest that it killed
10: her. She's in her 60s.
3: There are 200 umbrella
10: injuries uh, yearly, Uh, but there hasn't been a death since 2016. But now they're talking about special stuff for umbrellas. I'm like, this is like anchors. closing the beach because of shark attacks. It does not happen. you got a better shot of getting a pot falling out of a third-story window and hitting you in the head and killing you instantly than getting bit by a shark But people freak out. But there isn't Umbrella Week. There is Shark Week. Although they should have Umbrella Week. We need to create Umbrella Anchors. That
3: would be a horrible way to go, wouldn't it? Yeah, you want to invent that, Jack? You yes. know what you do? Yeah, you yeah. get an old paint bucket, and you fill it with wet cement, and then you stick the end of the umbrella pole down in it And let it drop. Yeah,
10: but then we'd be paying like $85 a day instead of $65 a day for our chairs and umbrellas because those pool boys would have to be walking around with bales of concrete. How about just stick another foot in the ground?
3: (laughs) Wow. That's uh, that's right where Joe Biden is. You know that? Isn't he vacationing in uh, Charleston, Kewa Island? He's where uh, they played the Ryder Cup.
10: He's always vacationing. Uh
11: and next is number four. According to the Associated Press, Watson would accept a- Deshaun Watson would accept eight game suspension and a five million dollar fine.
10: Who? What? Huh? He All said right. he would accept eight games? He would. Oh, thank you. That's great. Well of course he would, because he's gonna get a year. <laughs> he knows
5: yeah. he knows at what's least. coming. I mean, he's gonna get at least a year and it's gonna be at least ten million. So uh yeah. What other I've, job can well, you have
10: twenty four? harassment suits against you and only get a six or eight game, that'd be like you, if, if we had like one or two or maybe even three, you'd be fired and you'd never find a job in that field again. He's got 25 or 26 harassment suits and they're like, well, we've settled 23 of them out, so we're just going to give him a six-game suspension. I want the Cleveland Browns to get screwed so bad on this deal. The fact that they gave him $230 million guaranteed, I want to see them just burn. Yeah, I, I want to see them get they, fried for it.
4: Put him all the money in the back end. I mean, they what $8 million this year with a $1 million uh, bonus like as now. well. Just like um, Deshaun did. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. what oh. timely music, timely break. Tony Tony Curry is out of control. Do you have a few more? I do. You better have it backed up at the top yes. of the hour because this is your finale. Circle the bases.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham.
0: Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. (laughs) Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon, just a small chance of a shower. The high close to 90, clear and very pleasant tonight below 65. The weekend will be dry, mostly sunny tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 88 and 91 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: This is one of my top five songs in the history of music.
10: Do me a favor after you get off the show today. Yeah. Go pull up Mickey Thomas Live. Oh. This is Mickey Thomas. He's like 79 years old and still can sing the song at the, at the, at, at the octave. It's unbelievable how well he can still sing. It's great well, song. Well,
3: Elvin was uh, producing the song, putting it together and all that kind of stuff. And he said, I, I can't hit these notes the way I want to. Mm-hmm. Called Mickey Thomas. It's great. He loved it. Love him. And I listen to that song at least two times a week. Anyway, kill, kill welcome back. Trip. Welcome back to the Jay Barker Show. It is uh, Alex's last day as our intern, Ooh. and Triple uh, A is on deck. And where are we going? Number five?
11: I think it's four. Four. Four, or five, maybe. A uh, police in the United Kingdom found a car thief suspect hiding inside a stuffed animal after they noticed a teddy bear was breathing.
10: Dude, this guy stole a car, that ran his girl. It's a brilliant took all the stuffing out of one of those real giant teddy bears, okay. Okay. And got inside of it like a suit, and, and held it closed. And they, they would have missed him, but they, but they realized it was breathing. It was over in the corner with his head. What a brilliant idea to hide in a giant teddy bear.
3: Well, I, I must have missed something. What did he do that he needed
10: to hide from? He stole a car, and they knew where he was going. They followed him back to his apartment. They broke into the apartment. They couldn't find him, and there he was in the oh, corner. Oh, he room.
3: was in the corner. Inside yeah, a and teddy a giant,
10: bear. And a giant, inside a giant teddy bear. Yeah, there's really big teddy bears. Yeah. It's a great place to hide, man. That is a great idea. Think about it. Hmm. If it wasn't breathing. Well, most it kind of had breathe. to
3: breathe or that would defeat the purpose.
10: <laughs> True. Those mascot suits are hot. Can you imagine what it would be like to be in a teddy bear without, you know, the holes? And- you ever
3: been around it, you've been mascots? No. Nope. Get out of them? He's been in one. Oh, yeah. Mel. Tony yeah. was Scooby Doo. Oh, did he? you do one? I was Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was
10: the witch from the Wizard of Oz. No, <laughs> no he, went, he, he went down
3: the log I'll ride. i my pretty.
10: Yeah, like I, I got I fired it. for uh, getting on the water flume ride at uh, Kings Island Music <laughs> park. My head got stuck <laughs> in the roof, and the back of the boat started rising up, and we almost killed a family of four. Seriously, it, 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 was, it got to the point where I almost killed somebody. They're like, "You're gone." Then I got a raise. To the monkey. I went to the monkey room, the money room. I went, the, I went from three twenty-five an hour to nine twenty-five an hour because they, they're they afraid. I guess I was going to sue them or something. <clears throat> so they put me in the money room where I couldn't get on rides. See what you have to look forward to, Alex.
3: <laughs> yes, you too can be a mascot. All right, let's bring it home. What you got next?
11: Uh, Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni said that former first-round pick wide receiver Jalen Rager is battling for a spot. In response, Jalen Rager said, "I love a good challenge. It's a humbling experience. You should go from a first rounder to your battling, but I like the challenge though." Okay.
5: Yeah. Next. First round. Guys, all right. First round. Yeah, he's, he's been a he's, a he's been a he's been seven? a disappointment, big time, big big time disappointment, and it's I almost Where think you, the wide receivers are like uh, picking a wide receiver in the first round is almost like picking a quarterback. You're going to miss half the time. Um, Rager, if I remember. Correctly. where did he go um he had texas tech uh tcu yeah te- yeah yeah texas oh, christian TCU. yeah yeah so um i mean you know he's know
10: only DeLarge, 20- jamar chase 24 drops in preseason in his rookie year and they were talking about did we do the wrong deal he's turned out to be an unbelievable wide receiver sometimes started set.
3: on that yeah I'll
10: chase One second. I or something. Come on.
11: Uh, All right,
3: let's bring up yet another one.
11: Uh, Former NFL wide receiver Steve Smith uh, ranked his top 10 QBs heading into the uh, 2022 NFL season. Number one, he had Aaron Rodgers. Two, Tom Brady. Three, Patrick Mahomes. Four, Josh Allen. Five, Joe Burrow. Six, Justin Herbert. Seven, Matthew Stafford. Eight, he had Deshaun Watson. Nine, Lamar Jackson. And ten, Dak Prescott.
10: Dak.
3: Sure Dak, are the... you ever going to win a Super Bowl?
10: Who? Dak Prescott. Just no. a quick question. No, no, no. no. He's with the Cowboys. Oh, Joe, Joe Burrow's the man. He's the bionic man. I mean, he just had an epidemic, uh, epidectomy, and now and now he's throwing the football again like he's like he didn't miss a beat. The dude is unbelievable. It's, someone needs to take his head off and see if they can stitch it back on and see if he can still throw, because the guy's unreal, <laughs> what he's had done to what his body. What color
3: support. is the Bengals' Kool-Aid these days? <clears throat> Pink.
10: Okay. <laughs>
4: Uh, by
3: the way, uh, if oh. we'll go back and read the number one quarterback on that list.
11: Aaron
10: Rodgers.
3: Oh, yeah, that guy. He
4: just came off a trip. Did we ever
10: find out what psychedelic like he trip. put in his system?
3: Yeah, that's what I was about to say.
10: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> crazy. Why
3: would you tell anybody that?
10: He won't take an FDA-approved vaccine for a COVID vaccination, but he'll put psychedelics in his system. Where in, in South America, he'll, where he'll, if
3: something were to yeah. go wrong...
10: You going to go to the air hospital? He won't get a shot; but he'll lick a toad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh!
3: Oh, Alex, I guess we're uh, we're down to our last one, so you better grand slam this one.
11: Uh, former UAB tight end Hayden Pittman has signed a contract with the WWE. Yes. He made the final cut in a tryout to find the next generation of stars for the WWE. I love that. That's awesome.
4: Yeah, I saw that announcement. Do you I saw, know him? Was video. he in school with
11: you? i do not know him
3: okay jay uh give us your expert wwe analysis did he look (laughs) like he could make
8: it
4: he does uh he's a big guy like really tall he's like six 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 five six six and um his sister is actually um a dj at the finnick down in Birmingham. she's she's long blonde hair she wears braids and uh she's a dj down there for them um but um he, yeah, he's he's got athletic ability, no doubt about it. Very, very. Uh, I think he'll um, – and he seems to have the presence about him too. He had some pretty cool reactions in the video after they announced that he was getting his tryout in Orlando. So we'll see what happens. I know UAB put it out, and a lot of different uh, football players that played with him put it out, you know, congratulating him and wishing him the best.
10: That'd be a great question. Uh, with, with the majority of people coming out of, of college, would they rather be a WWE star or be – uh, an NFL football player because you're probably talking about the same length of time in the industry, right? WWE's what five to six years, I think it is, for the average WWE. What kind of what kind of money does that pay, though? What kind of money do you make in the WWE?
3: Well, I mean, when you get to the very top, I would think you're making millions and millions a year, but the entry know. level? I don't know uh, if you make that kind of money. The big, I, I don't keep up with it, so I couldn't tell you who's a superstar yeah. now or not. Alex, do you keep up with wrestling? Are you a wrestler? I do not.
10: Hulk Hogan had a birthday earlier this week. He we did.
3: Okay. Yeah. I floated by his house in Tampa one day.
10: Took three hours. It's a weird
3: deal. Uh, it was a large home. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, final thoughts from Lars. You got anything? We got 60 seconds here.
5: Have a great weekend. NFL preseason football. Catch the Bengals tonight. <laughs> oh. Who they got tonight? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but
10: Joe's not playing. Joe's not playing. Take the underdogs and preseason kids. They always hey, cover.
3: Hey, are you in pregame mode?
10: I-, I am not. Okay, well, it's about time. The, <laughs>
5: by the Cardinals, by the way.
10: you want to get Johnny Bench on the show next week? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, I- I- I'll get him on next week. I stole his uh, phone number from Alex- Greco.
3: Man, we're going <laughs> to miss you. Oh, <laughs> congratulations. Job, High five, Alex. Good job. Yeah. He did a great job. Push him Y'all have a Y'all great have a weekend.
10: weekend.
2: See you. You're listening to the Jay Barker.